Hello and welcome inside the Blaze Radio Studios here in downtown Phoenix. It's 10 o'clock a.m. I'm Gareth Kwok. I'm Gareth Kwok. And I'm Gareth Kwok. And this is DTP. Here is the planet's ultimate game. There may well be a storm brewing here tonight in many senses. What can happen today, we wonder. And hello, everybody, and welcome to this special episode of the Dissecting the Pitch here on BlazeRadioOnline.com. And uh, my, I'm Gareth Kwok, the, the real Gareth Kwok, I should say. No, I'm the real Gareth Kwok. <laughs> Excuse me. That, 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 they, they threw me a curveball in the, in the beginning there. You know, um, the but, best thing is when you have to do a joke twice. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you when you have to do the, the joke twice, time, yeah, yeah it, sting, it stings even harder the second time, so... You know, it was, it was a great start to the show, truly. Uh, you know, we, we like to we like to keep <laughs> things fresh here. Gareth Quag, Edwin Perez, Miller McKinney, gentlemen, how are you both doing? How's how's your week been so far? It's been good. I mean, um, you know, arrived early to the show. It was very nice. Uh, my boy Miller said he was going to go on a little pace run. You know, he was, he's got, he had to show his pace. He he had to uh, channel his inner Alfonso Davies, I'd like to say. And you know, he's here, so it's definitely a pleasure to be on the show. Yeah, nice little seven-minute mile to get down here, but <laughs> nothing crazy. There you go. That, you're, getting his, uh, you're getting your cardio in early, huh? Absolutely, yeah. Get it out of the way early in the morning is what I like to do. So. All right. It's. I mean, I, I think the, the, the weekly update, how's, how's the hair growing out? Man, <laughs> it, it, it's getting better and better. Um, it's, it's looking good. It's, it's, I, it is growing out, as I you said. I appreciate it, yeah. Just everybody, the, the one thing that everybody tells me is that it's not that bad. And it's improving. For tired, sure. tired of getting that one. Really hoping that one day we're gonna get a, you know, oh my god, it looks great. <laughs> so like, really crossing our fingers. Today's the day. Uh, well, we, if we have a, if we have a solid show, we're gonna give you some enthusiasm. We're gonna give you some <laughs> self confidence. You know, <laughs> we're, getting, we're giving you some something to remember about after this show. Uh, but we we have lots to get through. It's a, a, a Champions League filled episode. We're gonna sprinkle in a little Europa League yes, as sir. well. Get You're some of our people. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you know, You're I, well, fought, thank, I fought for the Europa League. <laughs> <I fought> for <laughs> thank you. Should thank Edwin for that because um, because uh, as of uh, as of uh, 24 hours ago, it wasn't making the cut. But um, we had a slight change there. But Nevertheless, let's get into it. Champions League reaction from this first week of, of play. Uh, first half of the round of 16 matchups, and there were four of them. RB Leipzig, Liverpool, Barcelona, PSG, Sevilla versus Dortmund, and Porto versus Juventus. Gentlemen, we're just going to go through these four, get your guys' takeaways from each and every four. Um, and, and let's first start with RB Leipzig versus Liverpool where Liverpool took the 2-0 win in the first leg. Uh, again, they play, they played the first leg in Budapest, Hungary, uh, due to uh, travel restrictions in, in Germany, so they were not allowed to play in, uh, in, in Germany at all, but they did play in Hungary, and Liverpool did get the 2-0 win. Um, you know, for the most part, you know, pretty even other than that, there were two very bad mistakes by the Leipzig defense, and it resulted in 
two goals, five minutes apart by Sadio Mane and Mo Salah. Uh, gentlemen, what you? It, that's got to be a good start for Liverpool. They should be looking good in the second leg. Would you guys agree? I agree. I think the biggest thing for them is Joe Gomez and Van Dyke are back training, I think, slowly and surely, and they're looking like they're getting ready. So I think that's the scary side for a lot of uh, Premier League sides. And, I mean, even RB Leipzig and the future Champions League prospects, if they – as soon as they get those boys back there, I think they're they're a threat again. But I think you said it there pretty well, is that RB Leipzig did not look bad, you know? It's just that those little mental lapses led to those goals, and, you know, those little things are going to be taken care of by clubs like Liverpool, like Bayern Munich, like things like that, where you could look good for the whole game. You, you slip up a little bit, and they're going to take advantage. But credit Leipzig, they don't look bad. I don't think they have, you know, the talent to get back in the game. I think... Those two mental lapses are going to be the thing that they're going to look back and say, this is our fault that we're out currently. Got to give credit to Liverpool. They did create chances. They outpossessed them. But at the same time, it wasn't the most dominant performance. You know, the most dominant performances are the ones we're going to talk about later. But credit them for the win, and they look like they're in the driver's seat in this light, in this matchup. Absolutely. I think that Champions League, this tournament and individually, is probably – the only place in sports where I think a manager or a coach can only have so much influence on how well you do, I think that there's a limit to that in this sport. So I think that this is kind of something that you're seeing where Leipzig is probably going to hit a wall pretty soon after all the success that they've had because, you know, we talked about it and they've looked really good even though they lost some key players last year. And and um, they've, they've started playing again this year really well. But when you go up against teams like Liverpool – and this early stage in the Champions League, it's really kind of bad luck for you. Even though Liverpool hasn't looked that good recently, they're still a team that, like Edwin said, can snap onto things when they need to and take care of business, and that's what happened here to, uh, this week. Yeah, I think you make the point that Liverpool hasn't looked so good, you know, kind of as, as an overall picture. And even it led to manager Jurgen Klopp, saying this, and take a listen to this, after they lost to Leicester City uh, this past weekend. Yes, I can't believe, but yes. So Jurgen Klopp answering the reporter's question of, are you going to concede the Premier League title? And he said, yes, I can't believe it, but yes. First of all, do you guys agree with that? And then second of all, does now the, the focus shift to the, the Champions League and if that could be attainable, given that their Premier League results have been disappointing so far? Well, I think 17 other managers should join in and just basically say the same thing because it's, it's the same situation with Man City just controlling it. I mean, let's be real. I mean, at least he was emotional about it. I mean, you can see how much it, it means to him, you know, that this club. And I think as a fan, you got to at least appreciate that that aspect because – there's some managers who won't even say that. They'll just keep going on with their day. And, again, that's fair, fair enough. But, I mean, it, it, was, it was bound to happen. I mean, truly, as a manager, when, when a journalist is going to ask you that, what are you going to say? No, we're going to fight, fight our good fight. No. I mean, realistically, they'll fight for the top four. They'll, they'll focus on the future more than anything. I mean, yes, they're in the Champions League. I don't think they'll eventually win it, but they can fight as much as they can. Their focus is going to be securing that top three spot and just 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 keep pushing forward. But, yeah, like like I said, I mean, even old Gunner probably is, is, is approaching his time where he's going to have to eventually uh, receive this question and answer it in a similar fashion. 
I, I think it's a tough situation <laughs> to be in because, I mean, there's still a lot of games left to be played. But when you see teams like Man City and Liverpool that have done this the past, you know, four years or so where they've just been able to run away with it almost halfway, a little bit after halfway through the season, I think it's a tough question to have to field. But at the end of the day, he's probably right. Um, but if it was me, I wouldn't have said the same thing because Man City have now won, I, I believe it's 16 straight. And after their win over Everton this week, and that has to come to an end at some point. They're going to have to play bad for at least a week sometime. So there's going to be a time to gain some ground. I just don't know if any of the teams in the Premier League are going to be ready for it. Well, Manchester City's Premier League schedule. they got Arsenal coming up this weekend on Sunday. West Ham next Saturday, February 27th. And then United, Manchester Derby on March 6th. So those are three you know, challenging opponents in the Premier League. But again, I think... It'll, it'll come down to I think they're gonna try and do as best they can in the Champions League. Now that they're they're out of the Premier League, get you know will they win it? That I think on on paper that doesn't look so good. But again, they got that experience. They got those guys like Mane and Salah who could kind of kind of carry that that team. But uh, it's gonna be that was sort of a, a telling statement by by Klopp there this past weekend. But let's move on now to Barcelona versus PSG. And PSG with the 4-1 win, getting four away goals. Kylian Mbappe with the hat trick. And it, it looked promising at first uh, for Barcelona. They got the, Frankie de Jong drew the penalty. Messi converted from the spot. Okay, they get to a 1-0 lead. And then <laughs> everyone's you know, chuckling over there because then the, the avalanche of uh, PSG and Mbappe followed. And uh, so, you know, with that being said, uh, Edwin, I'm going to give you the floor here. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll let Miller talk okay. first. I don't want right. to take any of his shiny <laughs> spot. You know, I, I want to I want to allow him to say what he says. I, I am interested to hear what he said because I know you're not a big fan of Verratti, but he had a he had a masterclass kind of a game. He was a big reason why they won that. So I'm curious your thoughts <laughs> about that. And, <laughs> And about the PSG performance. I'll let I'll let you talk about variety all you want, <laughs> but um, I think this this might be the uh, the Kevin Durant game, the Kevin Durant series. Um, if you can't beat them, join them. So maybe this is where Messi says, "Okay, you know," and obviously he's going to. He he probably knew in two legs that Barcelona wasn't going to be able to pull this out, uh, the way that they've been playing this past you know, half year or so. But at the end of the day, I mean, he's he's got to leave after this after this happens, right? I mean, you lose 4-1 at home <laughs> in the first leg of round of 16 Champions League. That's just not something that, that happens to Messi ever. So, I, I mean, I got to think that this is probably going to be the telltale sign that he's got to leave after this season. Um, and PSG, I think, is probably the favorite spot for him to go right now. Uh, a lot of people will tell you it's Manchester City, but I think it's PSG, especially after this game. Um, you know, obviously Neymar's there, Poch is there now. But um, talking about the game more so, I think that this showed that like PSG was the team that I think deserved to be in the Champions League final last year. Um, they played Bayern Munich, and obviously they lost because Bayern Munich's the best team in the world currently. But PSG, I think, is the closest second right now, especially out of all the big teams in Europe. I think that obviously, you know, they have the guys up top to be able to do what needs to be done. And uh, I mean, the defense didn't play 
I wouldn't say spectacular for PSG, but it was one of those games where you turn it on and it was exciting because you knew there was going to be goals scored. And there was some scored <laughs> in way more ways than the other. Um, but I think that also showed that Barca's defense was just not great. And it was really tough to see Serginho Des get beaten a whole lot by Mbappe on, on the right side. Uh, that was really <laughs> tough to watch. Um, but I, I think that overall, it was just a tough game. It, again, showed that Barca is not where, at all where it needs to be and they need to start over. And I think that it showed that PSG, if they add a few more players, you know, every offseason like they've been doing, a few key pieces here and there that they can switch out with the main guys, that it's really going to help them along the way and grow them to be what they should be, which is a top team in Europe. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, the thing, I, I agree with you in the sense that Messi, the favorite spot, should be PSG. I just think if they had to do that, they're going to have to get rid of someone like Mappe. Because with the financial fair play and the contracts and all that stuff, you can't be paying Neymar the fat money. You can't be paying Mape the fat money. Can't be. It, it's going to be too much. Let's be realistic. <laughs> they're going to end up like Barcelona where they're broke eventually. Yes, PSG has all the money in the world. At the same time, it's not financially stable, and you're going to have to get rid of someone like Mape to able to function like that. So, And I, I think it's not bad either because I think Mape might be eventually – stepping onto the Real Madrid way, or at least another club, and then Real Madrid, because it seems like he's bound to be a Madrista, at least one, one, one way or another. But when we look at the game itself, credit to PSG, I mean, they, they converted their chances. I mean, uh, their offense uh, performed very well, even without Neymar, you got to credit them there. A lot of, you know, Mape finished off a lot of chances, but you got to credit that midfield for creating those chances. A lot of those times, Mape just had to just put on a clinical finish, and he did. But, you know, those chances were created by, you know, Cardi, Verratti. I know you don't like Verratti too much, <laughs> and I, I, I hate to do it, but I got to give him credit because this was the game he showed up pretty well. But on the Barca side, realistically, you know, before I go in, into a little rant, Sergino Dest actually wasn't the issue. The thing is, if you look at the match, first 20 minutes, it's 1-0. One, it's Sergino Dest kind of had Mape on the lock. <laughs> but what but what what Pochettino did is he put Mbappe more central, and he took advantage of having to play Longley and Pique and Pique, who deserves to be in a retirement home, can't keep <laughs> up with Mbappe, and that's when they figured stuff out. So I mean I don't I out of that back line I'll I'll allow Sergio Jordi Alba actually didn't have a terrible game either. Oh. I think it was. Offensively, he was awful. Okay, offensively, he wasn't the best. But he was. Defensively, he was okay. But he was the reason why sometimes they were able to move the ball forward because Messi's diagonal ball to Jordi Alba is just a classic of their game now, where that's the only reason why sometimes they move the ball forward. I'm not not disagreeing. This was not a masterclass from Jordi Alba. Don't get me wrong. Far from that. (laughs) But he was one of the only players on the field who at least tried something. Like, he was decent with it, you know? And midfield, Busquets, worst game. I mean, he he's another one who's got to hit the retirement home. <laughs> but, like, those little pieces, they, they again, not the best game, but obviously even Messi himself. He didn't have the best game, but he was the reason why at least they had some attacks. Dembele should have finished some. It, that a whole offense. But a lot of people are freaking out, right? They're like, okay, you know, Barcelona's going to be terrible for years to come and everything like that. But you got to realize people like – I'm going to shout out your ESPN FC boys, Julian, uh, Julian Lorenz, Ali uh, Moreno, and all of them are, reali- are realistic and say they're not going to be as bad as people think. 
I think with Messi still on the team and Komen as their coach, which I think he should be sacked, because he in all the big results he's lost by more than two or three goals, and at that point you got to be sacked by the end of the year, like Frank Lampard. Anyways, he said, look at the pieces they have. Pedri is one of the best under-20 players in the game. No one's talking about the way he controls that midfield. Yeah, Frankie de Jong, who's also in that midfield. Ricky Pooch, who Coman refuses to play, but each time he plays, he does pretty <laughs> well. Uh, Ansu Fati, who's currently injured. No one remembers him right now, but he's one of the best uh, under-20 players. You have Griezmann, who should play that messy role, and he does it very well when he's in it. So you have all those pieces that are working, and a lot of Ronald Coleman tells them to do is just play through Messi and hope and pray. That's not going to work eventually. If you get rid of Messi realistically, let's say Messi leaves, I think it, it could let Barcelona prosper a little more and actually move into a stage where they trust each other, where it's more of a team play, where it's more of you know moving the ball forward and just focus on the youth, which is what they should be doing. It, right now it's kind of still from last year what we learned is that they got to go young. And yet they said this, they repeated it, and they still have PK starting every game. They still have Busquets starting every game. They still have all, all the old people who we said needs to go are still starting. So I don't understand the improvement they made there. So I don't think Barcelona is in such a bad situation. I just think they need to start focusing on the young and their La Masia as they should be and focusing on their youth and turning to that because this game is all about speed now, speed and, like, physical physical. PK doesn't have that anymore. Let's be realistic. He should be playing in Inter Miami with David Beckham. I mean, he'll he'll dominate the MLS pretty easily. <laughs> Busquets too. You know, both of them can go join that team. They could go join anywhere or be on the bench. You know, if they could be solid bench players. You know, coming in 80th minute and securing the win. I'll give them that. But let's look at you know this summer. They got to get a new president. That's a, you know, Coleman needs to be sacked. He just doesn't know what he's doing. It's just realistic. He his mistake was leaving Netherlands team when they were looking good. That was his that was his biggest issue. And they need to start focusing on the youth. Get someone like Kamavenga. Get someone like God, Jose Gaia, the left back spot. Get someone like Erling Alan and Luis Sergio Aguero. That team's gonna be looking different and actually pre, uh, performing. So yes, if Messi wants to come back, sure, we'll allow him. Just come back cheaper. If you want to leave, it's time to build for the youth and trust the youth. You talk about Coleman and how he hasn't done so well. Maybe I want to flip it to the other, the other guy, the opposing manager, Pochettino, who got hired at, on New Year's Day, like beginning of this calendar year. Yeah, given given the talent that he already had, of course, kind of inheriting the roster. But I mean, what, what do you think he's? How do you think he's done so far? Just in the, I guess, in two months of him being at the helm. Uh, I think he's doing better than Tuchel did, but at the same time, when you have that type of talent, man, you just step in there and let them do their magic. Like you, you again, I give him credit. He's, he's getting results. They're kind of uh, riding the chip and everything, and that deser- he deserves credit for that. But when you step into that into the PSG, you don't say much to Mappe. You don't say much to Icardi. You don't say much to Neymar. I think his job's more to recruit players, recruit players like Messi, recruit you recruit world class talents to kind of complete the team. You know, I it's just anyone in that spot. I mean, even Miller and myself could probably go to PSG, you know, go over there, set up some drills and say, all right, here you go. Go do your <laughs> drills and just go play the go play the way you do. And we'll, we'll, we'll you just let us know what you need from us. And the, they'll pro- we'll probably be successful. We'll get sacked after two, three years of not probably winning the Champions League. But <laughs> we'll, we'll win the French League at least every time we step in there. So 
It's hard to know. I think in two to three years, we can f- finally evaluate uh, Pochettino and his impact and if he's actually won the Champions League, which is the goal, I think, at the end of the day. I think you make a fair point. Um, but I also think that in his own way, I think he's doing exceptionally well because, you know, like Edwin said, that there's not a, really a whole lot you can do when you step into this kind of position at this type of club uh, at the time that he did. But the interesting thing to me was this was the first game that Icardi, Keane, and Mbappe all started in the starting 11. And it worked out really well for them. It allowed Mbappe to do what he needed to do. Obviously, he was in the positions he needed to be in and, you know, got the ball where he wanted to and had players in space. And they figured it out. So I think that that was a really good adjustment by him. And if it's luck or if it's just these were the players I had, I'm going to put them in. Oh, well, I mean, it worked out. So I I think that it'll be interesting to see, especially as Champions League goes on, the more adjustments that he'll be able to make and how that's going to affect the game more, especially with the midfield. I think the defense is kind of solid right now, and I don't think there's much changes, obviously, that they can make to that. But I'm interested to see when Neymar comes back into the mix, who starts and who plays where and how that goes. I mean, I think this is this could be this is Bayern's biggest competition for that Champions League uh, that Champions League final spot. It could be a rematch. Who knows how the draw will all play out? But as you guys said, I think he has done a very good job so far. Um, second in league right now. There's still plenty of games to be played in the in League One, but. Let's let's move on here to Sevilla versus Dortmund. We got a couple more Champions League matchups to to talk about. Sevilla Dortmund. It was Dortmund that won three to two. Erling Haaland scores two goals. He has get get this stat. He has 18 Champions League goals. hasn't even turned 21 just yet. Him and Mbappe in in a category of their own, you could say. He even credited Mbappe for giving him the the quote unquote motivation for uh, for going up on there and and scoring a couple of goals. Um, but even then, this was a game that Sevilla, they still dominated the possession, 66% to 34%. And uh, they did get a late goal in the in the 84th to, to kind of give themselves a little momentum. Is this uh, is this still within reach for, for Sevilla, or do you think Erling Haaland shows up again and puts them to puts them to bed i mean when you get when you get that second goal i think it is within reach i think if it was 3-1 i think dortmund ha- would be in the driver's seat and be over i still think dortmund will put it away i think pretty easily but i think as soon as they got that second and in, in the 84th minute i think that put dortmund on alert which i don't think is the most terrible thing too because when a team like dortmund goes defensive and knows they have the the lead and things like that it could be dangerous against a Spanish side like Sevilla, who could, who can get you, you know, lacking, can get you when you're not trying to attack. So, it, it, uh, yes, it is still within reach. I think none of us can call that match. I mean, we'll, we'll more likely call the PSG match any day than uh, we'll call the Sevilla match. But uh, Erling Haaland, I think he's just an incredible talent. We said it on the show. It's he's gonna be his takeover because he's just too good for this, and it's what he did. You know. We both said Mappe, if they were going to win PSG, it was going to be the Mappe show. This was going to be the same thing for early on. Two goals assists. I mean, just incredible match for him. I think he's going to take over, but also I think the rest of the Dortmund team is just better than Sevilla on paper, and they should be able to put it away. Sevilla is going to make it dangerous because they can outpossess you. They're a, a tricky Spanish side to play. They're not the easiest people. Yes, the, it look, Dortmund made it look easy, but... They, they they make it hard because they they play well as a unit, like I mentioned last time. But 
Dortmund should be easy. They should get the win. Uh, I mean, I think the bigger thing for Dortmund is making the Champions League again next year because that's what's truly in danger. Not about this Champions League. I think they're trying to focus on making the next one. That's the most interesting thing for me. I think that, you know, uh, yeah, you make a really great point. And I, I think that, like you said, if Sevilla hadn't scored the second one, I think that this would be put to rest now. But obviously in Champions League, anything can happen, especially if you're three goals down at the most. I think four is the only way to put it out of reach, really and truly. But at the end of the day, Sevilla, I think, is a team that plays with a lot more composure than Dortmund. They play a lot better possessive style. They like to enjoy having the ball and creating openings when they do that, when they can work it down the field, whereas Dortmund, I think, are such, you know, the quick snapping team that it's pass, 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 and then, you know, where's the striker, where's the wing to take the shot? Um, So it's not necessarily um, something that's easy for them, I think, when they do take the lead because they have to keep their foot on the gas because, like you said, it's kind of scary to have to watch them defend um, for more than – 20 to 30 minutes so i think that it's going to be an interesting game uh to see how dortmund starts the next leg because i think that's what's going to dictate who wins this because i think if dortmund starts slow and sevilla can control and possess the ball early and maybe get a goal in the first half of the next leg then i think it's going to be a really interesting game but if dortmund you know come out there and they do keep their foot on the gas and erling holland has some more motivation from mbappe again then i think that It'll it'll end up being six or seven to two or three. So we'll see. So so if Mappe, let's say <laughs> that you know Barca wins the leg, right? What motivation does get does that give Alon? Does he bottle happens. it too? Does he bottle it too? <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely. I think that's the only yeah that's the only appropriate scenario for that. That sounds like the plan. Also, the phone rang and nobody was on the line. That that's that sounds that a little was a prank call. Uh, that sounds a, a little call. interesting. Oh, hello. This is uh, the Bill Austin Radio Studios. <laughs> Dead silence. <laughs> a little creepy. Um, couple more minutes before we go to break so so you're telling me it's as creepy as uh it's as scary as juventus is right now because they oh. bottled their game oh, truly great great, great transition <laughs> just taking the words all, out of my all, mouth all, you know i got you don't worry porto 2-1 win first leg juventus gets the gets the road goal the away goal by uh, federico chiesa that was a very nice goal outside the box um so i you gotta imagine I mean, this is the classic kind of Juventus as we've seen in past history. They just kind of kind of let off in the first leg, but then you know, second leg, you gotta think Cristiano Ronaldo does he does he do it again? Oh, sorry, I, I thought I thought you were leading up more. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I thought was, you were leading up more. That was I thought, a bad no, no, I apologize. That, <laughs> that, was, that was a bad way to phrase that question. That, that's on me. Yeah, that's on me too. Don't worry. Don't worry. Um, I think the more worrying thing for me is that Porto looked like the bigger team in this. You know, Porto looked like the team that's more comfortable. I agree that Juventus are not in a bad spot, especially after that goal. I think the last 15, I think maybe last 10 minutes, Juventus looked like they were the bigger side, which they should be from the start. But at that, again, you got you to gotta realize Porto's goals were in, within the first two minutes of each half. 
which is smart. When you're a smaller side, you got to get them when they're the most vulnerable, which is, you know, right out of half. You're trying to get more comfortable. You're talking again. You're trying to set up. And Porto said, you know what? It's time to attack. Let's go. And they and they went quick often. And you could see that defensive line was not set er early on. And that's when they took advantage pretty, uh, pretty early. So credit them. And they looked comfortable with the lead. I think that was the important thing. If Porto did not get in the lead, I think Juventus would have dominated that game easily. But since Porto got that second minute goal, it made it made that defensive line shaky. You know, I think it got to their head. The goalkeeper goalkeeper got to the head, so the passes weren't there from Juventus. You know, Juventus typically dominates the team by the way they play as a unit. You know, they they're passing around. They let Ronaldo set up for his play, and you know they send it up to him, and he easily get. You know, he he does his magic. You know, the Ronaldo magic, and he gets a goal. But the thing about this is I can say all I want about Juventus and, you know, they look bad or Porto won. It's it's a Ronaldo special where he looks down, like they, he goes down and then he scores like a hat trick or a brace the next game and he looks like the hero of the GOAT. And everyone's talking about that in the comments. This is literally a Ronaldo special. I think I told Gareth this. As soon as it happened, I was like, Ronaldo's going to win this game for them and he's yep. going like to <laughs> look like the GOAT. Scripting at its finest. It's almost <laughs> like it's the WWE. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> beautiful transition. <laughs> Tag our boys on the WWE show here. WWE um, Weekly. <laughs> but slight, slight mention there. Slight. Yeah, just slight. Just, yeah. Subtle. Under the covers. All right. Um, but I don't even know where to start with this game. It was awful to watch. I hate watching Juventus. I think that they're a terrible team. Uh, they have all these really good players that play individually. Um, they never play together. Dybala doesn't play. Uh, it, it's really tough. I mean, you know. That's my biggest issue. Is Dybala <laughs> and the, a lot of their talents don't play, like you said. <laughs> the, defense, the defense for Juventus was terrible. Yeah. Uh, Danilo's awful. Get him out. Well, he's missing the next match, too. Thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> This one was awful. And then Demiro gets subbed in and looks like the best defender on the team, brought the most contribution to the game, which is questionable that that's coming out of a sub after you pay all this money for Matthias Delitt. And, you know, you even have Alexandro out there in the second half that <laughs> looks like a player that definitely shouldn't even be playing on this team. He should be playing on Porto. But, and then you have Weston McKinney on the left wing. What are we doing with that? He is not fast whatsoever and his left foot sucks you're not wrong <laughs> you're not wrong <laughs> and it, it just they tried to play Kulusevsky up top the young kid um and and he didn't really make a difference either I just think that a lot of these players on this team they look they look scared to do what they want to do it's almost True. like they're scared Ronaldo's going to give them a spanking if they do it wrong because they, they all they, they all try to stay exactly where their position is yeah, you yeah. can see it on defense you can see it on transition and then they move up and they get lost in the transition back they it just it, it it looked terrible they don't flow as a team well they they don't have good structure they don't keep their shape at all and what's Ronaldo supposed to do with Weston McKinney on the left wing and Kulosevsky, the 22-year-old, with, with no creating midfielder in there? 
I what do you want him to do? Yeah, the thing that bothers me is Juventus is gonna look so good in the second leg. You know it. That's the thing about it. I know, it. and that's the thing that frustrates me <laughs> yeah. because then they're gonna win that. They're gonna go on to the next round, and they're gonna do the same thing. And, I know, but they may not win depending on who they play. Imagine they have they're to play. Gonna... Imagine they play Bayern. Yeah, they're done. <laughs> done for. But here's the thing: Bang. they're gonna get someone like Dortmund, and that's the thing: is they get the easiest draws. And, I know. And then Ronaldo gets those go talks. I'm like, look at the draws he's they getting. Go. I did it again. I I agree with you, though, because, like you said, I think the thing that pissed me off the most is that I think Miller could be a better manager because they don't play their talent at the right spots, but they don't, like, some of them are on the bench, like Dybala, who's supposed to be the next big thing for years. And they and mentioned it. Plays. They never play. And then also <laughs> in Argentina, plays. he doesn't play. <laughs> yeah, I, I just know. don't understand. It, 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 it confuses me to the very end of my wits. Like, I have no clue why would you even have somebody worth that price tag on the team if he's not going to play. Yeah, I agree. Well, that's you know what it's it's the Juve story, isn't it? It's the Juve story. They're gonna they're gonna take you through everything, Miller, as he uh, as he just uh, poured out all of his emotions there. <laughs> We're gonna take a quick break here on dissecting the pitch. You're listening to DTP here on BlazeRadioOnline.com. We'll be right back. Hey, I got to bring it back. We haven't done that in a bit with some Shakira, Shakira. Well, you know the vibes. Come on now. Can I say something about that song? <laughs> oh, what? It what? bothers me that it gets all the attention when Wave and Flag is the better song. All I'm saying, dude. Wave and Flag <laughs> is such a crazy song. Yeah, it's a great song, too. It's <laughs> underrated because of Waka Waka. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's honestly hated yeah. on because of Waka Waka, yeah. dude. And, hey. it, it, and it makes me mad. That's why, that's why I enjoy the song. Hater. Come on, no, now. it's because it, it's it's so talked about too much. When waving a flag, that's a banger. That, okay, that well, one. okay, I'll say this song is overplayed, very overplayed. When you think of Shakira and all yeah, that. Yeah, waving a flag should be played at that time. You know, yeah, it, we'll, it should we'll, be fifty-fifty at the very least. We'll, we'll play it next time, just for you, buddy. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying it. it just it, it makes me mad when we talk about that World Cup. Everyone brings up Waka Waka and not the goat waving flag. Waving flag. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, Hey, that was a memorable World Cup for for many reasons. And, and, I, the, and I love Shakira. She's Colombian, and don't get me wrong. And any music she drops is amazing, but it it's just waving flag and that song. It wouldn't meant like when you heard that song in, when you were watching that World Cup, you got <laughs> chills. I got chills even when Brazil was losing. I was like, oh man, that's this is a crazy World Cup. That's, that, that's when you know uh, things are. That's when you know the, the song hits your feels if your team is losing and you're still getting the chills. Yeah, exactly. I'm still excited now. My team's about to get out of the World Cup. That's, <laughs> that's how you know it's a good song. Let's uh, moving on. Second half of our show here. We're gonna do. We're gonna preview the next half of these Champions League matchups and. Uh, a couple of these on paper should be pretty relatively quick, but I want to also talk about the You're other right. two matchups. Let's, let's start off with the quick ones. Mönchengladbach versus Manchester City. Lazio versus Bayern. I mean, what you're, what, what, I, what I'm getting the sense from you gentlemen <laughs> is that uh, it's a Mönchengladbach-Lazio party, correct? Mönchengladbach um, versus Lazio is going to be a great final. Honestly, it's going to be crazy, you know. <laughs> Those two are going to go crazy. But, I mean, again, there's not much to talk about. I mean... Man City, they're they're just they're just playing as they're playing beautiful football, you know. They're playing as a unit. They're playing well. Gundogan is looking like a stud. 
He's looking like a reformed player who's making a big bid uh, this year to become like the Premier League Player of the Year and maybe even be in the chats for B- Ballon d'Or, ladies and gentlemen. I'm really? Not say- I'm, not th- I'm not saying he's going to get it, okay. but he deserves the chats of it this year. Okay. Because when we look at all the players, it's right now it would be in conversations. It's not Messi or Ronaldo, in my opinion, but they're going to eventually get it. Let's be real. This is, this is their award. But in the chats right now, it should be Mape. Erling Alon, it should be Gundogan, possibly Neymar, and a player I can't think of right now. And I know Miller's probably going to mention a player. Bruno Fernandez. Bruno Fernandez. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're right. The penalty specialist himself. But, uh, okay. <laughs> you, you know it's true. Don't be lying to yourself. The penalty specialist. Hey, hey, we're getting, hey, we're getting, getting the United. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing we're getting wrong. into United just a second. Okay, yeah, yeah. So all I'm going to say is Manchester should control it. And ladies and gentlemen, if you uh, – if you're really daring and you want to put money on Lazio, I feel bad for you, homie. Because I mean, that Bayern team is just, just, just too good. They're they're gonna go to the finals. I think it's it's inevitable. My my dream is for Man City to face PSG in the semifinal. Because I think those two teams in a semifinal matchup to see who plays Bayern would be the dream, in my opinion. Because I think both those teams deserve to go for it, and so that's what I'm really rooting for. I just this is. Really tough matchups for a bunch of Gladbach and Lazio, I think. I, I just I feel so sorry for them. They tried to make a good run in Champions League, and this is who they match up with, the best two teams probably in the world right now in terms of uh, the way that they're playing and the amount of wins that they've been getting recently. So I, I don't know. I think that this is going to be a tough game for both of those teams, and they're teams that I could see maybe even sneaking out, you know, like a one-one tie in the first right. in the first leg. But I mean, it's not going to be enough in the end. Both of these teams can pretty much score at will, and you know they have all the players that they need to get the job done. So I, I just it's a tough matchup for both of them. But by the way, on the on, I'm on the Bavado page right here oh um, you are i am and we're, we're looking at the lines here you, you, you got lazio with the plus 425 for the win huge money uh Bayern, <laughs> Bayern munich with the minus 170 and, and for a draw plus 350 Ooh. and then for for man city munchen gladback a win is plus 675 that's huge city, that's huge. a lot of money city win is a minus 250 draw plus 400 what do you what do you put money on the draw? Because I feel like that's not terrible. Because they one of those teams might pull off a draw, dude. If you all I have to say is if you parlayed, which is to say bet on yeah. both results to happen, Ooh. Lazio and Mönchengladbach both winners. <laughs> that's like plus like fifteen hundred odds after the multiplier because it's two teams. You'd be, you, make, you'd be you, making some bank. You put $100 on that, that's that's $1,500 you are walking away with. So that's a pretty nice paycheck. But I just – Are you going to do it, Miller? It. Are you going to do it? I wouldn't advise it. I may put a dollar <laughs> down. Couldn't hurt to win 15 But, <laughs> but yeah, it's just not – not, not what you want those do. are those are the odds, and we'll, we'll we'll update them as Champions League goes on. But uh, but let's talk about these 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 other two that I think are more intriguing: Atletico Madrid versus Chelsea, uh, two clubs that are playing uh, very well as of late. Chelsea's been playing well as in in league as of late, and and same with Atletico Madrid that is at the top of their table in La Liga. So uh, our, I'm sure you guys are very excited to see. Kind of a you know Joao Felix, Luis Suarez take on a, a Chelsea team here that, that that has has that has talent as well. I mean, Timo Werner is kind of you know trying to find his footing a little bit, but I'm sure this is going to be a fun matchup to watch. 
Uh, it's just, it's very tough in my opinion because Chelsea that attack is they're doing well. I think they're performing well. It's just that attack is not stunning. You know, you have to have a good attack against this Atletico Madrid team because they're known for the defense. Diego Simone has that in their blood that they got to play well in the back, and that's what they do. But at the same time, I think Chelsea's catching them at the right time because Atletico Madrid, they're not doing bad, but they're slipping up in La Liga slowly and surely. I mean, their their matchups, yes, they have wins versus Valencia 3-1, and they have their big wins against Cadiz 4-2, but they draw they drew Celta Vigo 2-2. They drew Levante 1-1. So right now it's not the best of form for them heading into this matchup. So if for Chelsea, I think you got to hope and bank that they keep, you know, playing mediocre and not, not, not to their 100%. Suarez doesn't have a great game. And just have an attack that can actually score. If Timo Warner shows up to be the player that he can be, the RB Leipzig player, this could be a very good game. I just think their attack right now is not the best. You know, Kai Havertz hasn't done anything. Like, I'm not scared. Like, if I'm Atletico Madrid, I've played better defenses in the, I mean, better attacks in the last few years, and we've played very well, and we've beaten a few of them. So I would think that they would be able to come out here, put a good defensive performance, and and probably beat Chelsea, at least in my opinion, but that's the way I'm looking at it. I think the most interesting thing about this matchup is what the newspaper headlines are going to be after it's over. Uh, because I think, obviously, you know, Tuchel wants to do a really good job with Chelsea. They've been picking up form recently, and, you know, they want to come in there, and, and he wants to win Champions League games. I mean, that's that's what they basically brought him in for to do was they said Lampard's not going to be good enough over the long stretch to be able uh, to get the kind of hardware that we want to get. And Chelsea feel like they're in a comfortable place after spending all this money, and they finally found their new manager, and they're playing decent so they think that they're going to do well uh so is this going to be a headline for him or is this going to be a headline for the best team in spain right now which is interesting to say because it's usually never atletico madrid at this point in the season um usually by now real madrid or barcelona have kind of caught back up and taken it over uh so i think that it'll be interesting to see as well as you know how Real Madrid plays and Barcelona obviously just lost. So now that Atletico Madrid is probably going to be holding the sole title of best team in Spain, I want to see if it's going to be, you know, is the biggest league in the world going to be able to win this game? If it's the fourth or fifth place team, or is the first, you know, team in Spain going to be able to take this one over like usual. So I think it's going to be interesting to watch, but I, I think that Atletico Madrid style is just too well fit. For Chelsea, especially the way that Chelsea plays, you know, they like to play very slow, build it up from the back, and just constantly hammer away at that defense. And Atletico likes to sit back and take it and counter, as we've all talked about a lot of times. So I think that Atletico Madrid is better suited to win this game. All right, so we got we got two Atletico Madrid winners here in picks. Is that is that what I'm getting the sense of? Yes, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on here. We got one more to get through, and then we're gonna uh, talk a little bit Europa League in a second. But Atalanta Real Madrid. Now, I, again, I think it's one of those matchups where I, I, I think on paper, right? Oh, Real Madrid, but. You know Atlanta in the in the Champions League, they like to score. They they score a lot. They can't. Absolutely. That's that's what they do. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, is this, uh, do you get do you get my you catch my drift here? Is, is it, <laughs> if you're absolutely. better, you, you better bet my... the over on goals. <laughs> that's what I'm every saying. Day of the week. If Atlanta wins this matchup, 
it's because of goal scoring. It's got to be this. This game is gonna be high scoring. I think, in my opinion, if Atlanta's gonna win, if Real Madrid take over and dominate, it's gonna be what two zero in Madrid or whatever. But I think this matchup with Atlanta and that attack, it can't be that. It th- I think it's gonna be a. I even see a three three draw maybe in the first game. You know, it, it, it gets crazy. Three three. Here's the thing. That, <laughs> Who's gonna score those goals for Real Madrid? Uh, there's a man named Benzema. All three. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, here's the thing. I agree with you that their attack is not the best, no. but the thing is, Atlanta's defense is not the best either. This is this is the type of game where Real Madrid can get those goals. They can get they can get it from Asensio. They can get it from Vinicius, who can actually. Uh, play well, but uh, it's going to be a high-scoring game in my opinion. I know Miller's not 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 keen on Real Madrid scoring <laughs> those goals, but I, I still think they can when when you're facing defense like Atalanta. But if Atalanta's going to win this matchup, it's going to be the the Colombian duel at the front. Muriel and Zapata are going to have to take over, and and they they showed that they can score goals in high volume and they can take over games. So it's going to be uh, those two are going to determine that game. You don't, yeah. you, do you have anything to add to I there? No, I think he summed it up perfectly. <laughs> who, who are you taking, Miller? Who are you taking? I'm curious. Write a letter better myself. Uh, I'd say probably. I really don't want to, but I'm gonna go with Real Madrid. See, that's what I'm saying. See, he, I really he, don't want to because they had so many problems with munching Gladbach even in the group stage. That's true. And I think that Atalanta is a more dangerous team than munching Gladbach is. I'm gonna be the bold one. I'll go Atalanta. You know, I'm a, I'm gonna trust the Colombian boys. I, I think they're gonna Ed, do it. I'm giving I'm giving Edwin the uh, the uh, over. Over the window here. No, not even over the window. The 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 fist bump through the window here. Um, I'll go with Atlanta as well. Hey man, they this for they're, they're, this is gonna be a fun game. It that, will might, be. That, that might be the, probably the mo- the most fun game to watch out of these four next week. You're right. That that that's I think that's a very strong case for that. Uh, we are sort of running out of time. I want to move straight here to a little Europa League. Let's talk about that real briefly. Uh, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, hold on. No, no, no. I'm gonna <laughs> save that. I'm saving that. I'm saving. No, that. can I be? It's just 30 seconds, man. I don't think even Miller wants you to talk had, about it. You already had your rant. No, today. no, 30 seconds, 30 seconds, oh, 30 seconds. No. I am tired of Bundesliga people complaining why it's not a competitive league when people like Upin Meccano chooses Bayern Munich <laughs> and the transfer way to How get unreal is and, that? and the and the money they spent on him is dirt cheap you for the player like Upin Meccano. written it better. Uh, like, and it, it, it literally sucks it, so bad. It's so sad. <laughs> the league is a feeders league. I'm tired of it. People people are wondering why me and Miller are not hyping up Bayern is because they get this. Their, their best competition goes to Bayern, and it makes the rest of them look good, and they're going to go take Max Aarons for cheap and all that. So that's all I want to say. Upamecano chooses Bayern. I'm sad. Like, choose a Premier League team, spice up that league instead of going to the best team and, and fortifying that defense that's already good. That's all I had to say about the Upamecano. We're going to PSG, dude. Yeah, exactly. They would have loved you. You could have been the star there. But you know what? Let's, let's move on to Europa League because, you know, that, we just had to get rid of that topic very quickly. Yeah, I, I, I know you would love to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> a lot more. That's why I wanted to save it. But you know what? You got it off your chest. That's yeah, fair yeah. enough. Exactly. We're going to briefly touch over the Europa League here because I think it'd be remiss if we didn't speak about it and we didn't speak about uh, Miller's boys here. 4 0 win <laughs> over Real. Real Sociedad in the round of 32. Is that correct? Round of 32? Yes, sir. I believe. Okay. Miller McKaney, Bruno, two goals. Rashford and, and, and Daniel James as well. Um, specialist. <laughs> Stry- your thoughts on the on the win my thoughts first off addressing edwin <laughs> is 
You know, just because James Harden shoots 90% from the free throw line doesn't mean he's a bad player. Okay? I, I, I agree. I, I'm just putting a label on what he's really good at. They, you just, know, they we, know how to play the game. They know they know what they need to do to you, win. You know, I'm not going to call Harden a defense specialist. No, I'm going to call him a three-point specialist. That's what he does in a game. Yeah. Like Curry, he's a shooter. I'm not going to say the boy's a defensive lockdown. No, he's a shooter. We're doing 2K archetypes now. <laughs> yeah, but uh, at the end of the day, good win. Uh, this is how it should be for Manchester United, with the, especially the way that they've been playing this year. They should be able to go out and 4-0 every single one of these teams that is in the Europa League, uh, including Arsenal, Leicester, Tottenham, Milan, all these teams that you know are doing well in their own domestic leagues right now. But there's just no way. I mean, United should be able to go out there and do this all the time. And they made Daniel James look like Gareth Bale. I know, they did. <laughs> it was absolutely insane the way they were running around the pitch. I think that a lot of the players, especially Ahmad Diallo, the guy that United just signed, uh, the young kid that's supposed to be really good, uh, came from Atlanta, actually. He got some playing time, his first uh, senior-level playing time on this team. So hopefully he'll be okay. Um, didn't get to see a whole lot out of the rest of the team, but I mean, it's Europa League round of 32. What else is there to talk about? So yeah. you you mentioned round of 32, and I you know you, you look at the, the the field of teams remaining here. You got United, Tottenham, Leicester City, Arsenal, AC Milan, Napoli, Roma, Leverkusen, Ajax. I just kind of put a whole bunch in that in that conversation of team of big name teams that are still in the tournament. And I, I want I'm gonna ask you both here, who who's the favorite and uh, who who should win this Europa League and who should win it all? Again, I said it early to Miller, and I always say it. He always shakes his head. But Man United's got to be the favorite because look at all the teams. Has to be. You mentioned all those teams. Leverkusen lost four to three to Young Boys. Milan got a <laughs> young two. Young Boys, <laughs> love them, love them. <laughs> to the Young Boys. <laughs> then you got a Milan team who got a draw. Benfica drew Arsenal, which I'm rooting for Benfica there. But they got a draw there. Napoli lost. All the big teams are not performing well in the Europa League except for two teams. Tottenham Hotspurs and Man, Man United. So I think it's got, it's got to be those teams are the favorite. And I'm going to still go with my pick of Man United, who I think their players are looking like the studs that they're not in the Premier League. Except for Bruno. Bruno's a stud. Don't get me wrong. Penalty specialist, but he's also good in the field. Don't get me wrong. Penalty specialist. <laughs> You're really pushing Miller's buttons here when you well, keep saying that. Well, here's the thing. That. I said he's a really good player. Don't get me wrong. That was one of your best signings you made in the last few years, guaranteed. Oh, absolutely. But it's just, I just say penalty specialist because I think he's the god of penalties, dude. I mean, no one can do it like Bruno does. <laughs> I can't even, like, I, I can't even, like, say anything like it can't be like oh if you know bruno was on west ham they'd be top four because they are so like <laughs> there's nothing i can do you know you could say if he was on leeds they'll be top four <laughs> oh, so, so you is is I'm, I'm assuming manchester united's your they should win it i i think they should will they no yeah that's the thing okay They'll so then okay it. who wins it that who else wins it then maybe uh, i would have to say looking at this list of teams young boys I'd, I'd like to say AC Milan. Usually the last few years, AC Milan's been real good in your Europa mm -hmm. League, but I think that they're too focused on the domestic league right now because they're doing so well. 
So I'm going to look at a team in the same league, and I'm going to go with Napoli. No, Napoli? I, I think yeah. Rangers FC deserves a shout, dude. <laughs> that team has been crazy huh. this year. They're first in the Scottish Premier League. <laughs> All I'm saying, they're dominating that league. They're looking really good in Europa of League. Of course they're dominating we, we, that I know. League. I agree. But, but so, <laughs> that team has Ed, flipped look, around talent. Look, since Edwin wants to be bold, let's get around to these picks. Steve, Stevie uh, Gerrard. No, hold on. Stevie <laughs> Gerrard has looked like he's going to move to Premier League eventually. Kristen Pulisic, listen, man, you need to leave Chelsea. We're going to talk about that <laughs> next week. But Uh-oh. the man is stuck on that bench. Steven Gerrard, you got to move to the Premier League, too. So, Paul, I'm saying Rangers FC deserves a shout that none of us are giving them. So, credit to you, Steven Gerrard, and what you're doing over there in Scotland. 4-3 win over Antwerp. You haven't given the credit. But, all right, as you as you tease, Christian Pulisic is going to go. Uh, you think he should leave. We'll talk about that next week. But exactly. we have only uh, just a short amount of time left. Let's get into our, let's get into our favorite favorite part of this uh the show and that's picks miller time he's gonna start off first maybe do you have some champions league some uh, well what do you have to offer us this week on on what, what how to spend your money maybe <laughs> okay i i actually do have some champions league stuff oh, that i let's really go. like let's go um so Ooh. as we kind of talked about earlier one of the bets that i really like is atalana versus real madrid the over in goals is going to be set at three or three and a half, and I definitely think they're going to clear four goals at least in the first game. Yeah, okay. so definitely bet on that game. Um, going back, however, to you know our favorite English Premier League <laughs> this Ooh. weekend. Who's the best team in London? Right now, a lot of people are saying that it's West Ham, and they're playing Tottenham this weekend. Come on, boys. On Sunday at 5 a.m. here, Phoenix time. I hope you're awake, Edwin, because I won't be. I won't be. (laughs) uh, West Ham against Tottenham. I honestly, the way West Ham's been playing, I have no reason to see why West Ham can't win this game at home. Tottenham's also been struggling a lot recently in the Premier League, so I think that I'm going to go with West Ham here. They'll probably be uh, pretty good money around even money, so I think that if they're not the favorites, definitely smash them. But uh, the next game that I also want to talk about is Aston Villa and Leicester. Ooh. And as good as... Leicester's been playing. I'm going to take a tie in this game. Don't bet a lot of draws, but when you do, they can be really huge. A lot of lot of good money out there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, like you said earlier, some of the ties are looking at plus 300 odds, and that's really good. Triple your money. So I, I think that in a game like this where Leicester have been playing well, but, you know, they, they kind of struggle sometimes with – with teams that can create a lot, I think that Aston Villa and Leicester are going to tie this game. So I think that tie for those boys, the over in Atalanta and Real Madrid, and West Ham takes the dub this weekend. You can't be mad about that, Edwin. I'm not mad. It's just boring. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not mad. It's just disappointing because it's boring. You know, ladies and gentlemen, you got to have fun with your money, Uh you know. Each time you're each time you're betting, you gotta have fun. Can with we it. just like preface this with with <laughs> Edwin's picks from last week? I was just about to get into that. Well, yeah, yeah. All right, he, all right. Let's talk about it. Let's talk yeah, about it. Let's he, talk about it. Yeah, yeah, let's talk yeah, about it. Before, yeah, we you you had four picks. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you went one for four on them. Yeah. Um, the, the, but here's the thing: they're <laughs> so close. The draws. They were not the Bristol close. one. But yeah, the Bristol one was the only bad one, but all the rest of them were pretty close. For those close. that are listening, D- he had a draw with D- Deportivo, the Colombian team, correct? Yes. yes, R- yes, yes. 
wrong. One nil win for the other Charlotte team. Charlotte men's soccer over Duke. Yeah, y'all soccer. made fun of me, had, and they were close to winning that game. That man's team almost got the win. Nil nil draw. He had Charlotte winning over Duke. Bristol women's football club over Chelsea women's football club. And eh, wrong, they lost five nil. The one <laughs> I will give you the credit for: ASU women's soccer over GCU women's soccer. And they win by more than two goals. They won 4-0 well, on Sunday. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I can stay boring, go Premier League, and give the easy <laughs> picks. Like, I know huh. those teams better. Who huh. knows about Charlotte soccer? I went bold, and I said, you know what? I'm back in the boys. All right, you, you better you better, you better, better uh, give your picks quickly then here. What's What you got for uh, us this hold week? Hold on, sorry. I was trying to see if Hashtag United play. They're in the ninth tier. Hashtag United. <laughs> they're in the ninth tier of English <laughs> English football, but they're not playing. But next time they play, they're Spencer. winning. They're All winning. Right. Spencer FC is yeah. absolutely nuts. So, <laughs> as my boy Miller would say. So, uh, I'm going to go to the Greek Super League and Saturday. On a Saturday, 10.30 a.m., go go pick Asteros Tripoli uh, over a- AEK Athens. I'm going to give them the win. You what? Know. <laughs> they, they're on great form currently. Draw, win, 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 win. So I, I think they continue their All great right, Mr. form. Mr. Tripoli expert here. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm looking at form, and I'm, look, I'm liking them. Uh, that same Saturday, you know, right before that, actually, you're going to go to the Austrian League. You know, somehow you're going to have to stream that <laughs> As game. As you would, yeah. <laughs> As you would on a good Saturday. Reddit streams. You know, you never you never bet a draw, and I'm going to bet a draw because I like to be bold around, oh, here, okay. around these parts. WSG uh, Swarovski to roll versus St. Paulton. That's going to be a draw in the Austrian Bundesliga. It's going to be crazy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Listen. Also, let me, can I say that all my all my bets actually played. One of your bets didn't play. So, oh, ladies and gentlemen, M- Miller, let it, Miller's one 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 game that he bet on Tijuana draw with Tigres. They play Sunday. So it's okay. let it be known, mine all play. So <laughs> at least at least when you're betting money with my picks, they're playing. Even so. though I was two for two for the games <laughs> that actually play. Yeah, I know. But someone's you you might lose all your money in that one game that you bet the rest of your oh, money on. Okay. <laughs> And then I'm going to go to the, you know, I think it's the She Cup, I believe they're calling it right now. What? If I'm not wrong. The She Believes <laughs> I know, Cup. I know, I know, but, like, why? <laughs> because they deserve the respect. What, and what it's an awful team I, I am picking Germany us. over Belgium. Uh, I'm picking Germany, Germany over Belgium. Belgium. Okay. Can't wait for that one. It's on Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, 10 a.m. All right, that's all i got to have for picks. I won't be watching it. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. I will keep up with it, though. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, you got it. Women's national team. Let's let's get uh, your final thoughts as we wrap up the show here. Uh, don't forget to hashtag it, ladies and gentlemen. That team <laughs> deserves the credit that they don't get, so hashtag it. I'm rooting hard for Belgium's She Believes <laughs> win, uh, Cup team this weekend, so hopefully Germany, Germany takes it. They don't have so Bruno, Bruno just, Fernandez, so the penalty just, specialist. The penalty <laughs> merchant. <laughs> So Edwin, uh, so Edwin's wrong again on that on that uh, his bold his uh, quote unquote bold picks. Absolutely, it's, I think that's what we're all rooting for here. Every right? week, every week, every week we want him to be proved wrong. <laughs> uh, to, to much to the disagreement of Edwin, but well, that's we don't okay. want to see you win. In. <laughs> they don't want to see you win. No, they don't. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Dissecting the Pitch. Thank you all for for tuning in here on BlazeRadioOnline.com. Thank you, gentlemen, once again. Glad to be back here in the studio. We'll be back uh, same time next week at 10 o'clock a.m. Uh, but for my partners, Miller McKinney and Edwin Perez, I'm Gareth Kwok saying so long, and we will see you all next time.